Hello and welcome to the BuzzFeed Inc. fourth quarter 2022 earnings conference call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw from the question queue, please press star, then two. Please note, this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Amita Tomkoria, Senior Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Welcome to BuzzFeed Inc.'s fourth quarter 2022 earnings conference call. Joining us today are founder and CEO Jonah Peretti, President Marcella Martin, and CFO Felicia Della Fortuna. Before we get started, I would like to take this opportunity to remind you that our remarks today will include forward-looking statements. Actual results may differ materially from those contemplated by these forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause these results to differ materially are set forth in today's press release and in our annual report on Form 10-K to be filed with the SEC. Any forward-looking statements that we make on this call are based on assumptions as of today, and we undertake no obligation to update these statements as a result of new information or future events. During this call, we present both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures, including adjusted EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA margins. The use of non-GAAP financial measures allows us to measure the operational strength and performance of our business, to establish budgets, and to develop operational goals for managing our business. We believe adjusted EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA margins are relevant and useful information for investors because they allow investors to view performance in a manner similar to the method used by our management. A reconciliation of these GAAP to non-GAAP measures is included in today's earnings press release. Please refer to our Investor Relations website to find today's press release along with our investor letter and investor presentation. And now I'll pass the call over to Jonah. Thank you, Amita. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, we continue to face a tough operating environment for digital media. However, our value proposition is consistently resonating in the marketplace. With iconic brands, a massive audience, and a differentiated technology platform, we occupy a unique position in the ecosystem of audiences, creators, platforms, and advertisers. Our premium, brand-safe content reaches millions of young people each day and appeals to hundreds of advertising clients, the biggest tech platforms, and emerging creators, all looking to break through in a crowded market. We are a scaled, diversified digital media company that is poised to capitalize on the future of the industry and deliver long-term value to shareholders. And we have a lot of exciting work underway, some of which I will share today. Before I turn to that, let me briefly discuss our performance. 2022 was a challenging year for our business, and we navigated the dual headwinds of a weakening digital ad environment and the ongoing shift to short-form vertical video, while also integrating complex networks into the company. First, on the operating environment. Over the course of last year, many of our clients were forced to constrain ad budgets in order to navigate deteriorating macroeconomic conditions, which pressured year-over-year -year growth in our advertising and content revenue. In this operating environment, our global teams also worked to integrate complex networks into the business. While that integration resulted in meaningful cost synergies, we believe we have not yet reached our full revenue potential as a combined company. We have much more work to do in order to overcome these challenges, which Marcella will speak to shortly. Turning to the ongoing shift to short-form vertical video, 
A year ago, at our first earnings call, I discussed the implications of the rapid rise of short-form vertical video on our business, namely that we would shift focus to building large, highly engaged audiences around our short-form video content across platforms. And we made great progress in 2022. As a result of this shift in focus, we nearly doubled our output in terms of short-form vertical video across TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. We continue to surpass 1 billion quarterly views on both Reels and Shorts, with multiple videos consistently earning millions of views each, on par with premium globally recognized brands like the NFL and Louis Vuitton. Q4 viewership of short-form content across platforms more than tripled year over year. As I've discussed before, it takes time to ramp monetization of newer content formats. Recently, we have seen certain platforms, such as YouTube Shorts, begin to open up opportunities for partners to monetize their short-form content on the platform. Although we are in the early stages of operationalizing this change, we expect this momentum to continue, which is why I believe we are driving the right strategic focus to position the business for long-term growth and monetization. In December, we made significant adjustments to our cost structure to focus on the platforms and formats with the highest potential for long-term monetization, align with the weaker demand environment, and accelerate our progress on the integration of complex networks. Execution against our cost savings initiatives has allowed us to focus on the areas that I believe will drive long-term growth across our combined portfolios of brands, specifically creators, and artificial intelligence. I believe the future of digital media will be defined by the rise of creator-led and AI-powered content. As we have seen over the course of the past year, the rapid rise in, pop- in popularity of new content formats like Reels, TikToks, and Shorts have proven that audience consumption behavior continues to favor creator-led content. To capitalize on the audience momentum we have built around our creator-led content, we are building the premier content we are building the premier creator platform to attract the next generation of internet talent. This ex- includes expanding our suite of technologies, tools, and resources to power creators' end-to-end content creation and monetization and monetization engines. We have been a creator-led publisher since BuzzFeed's inception, with a proven track record as a discovery engine for the next generation of internet creators. In fact, some of the biggest careers in media and culture have started at BuzzFeed and Complex. This commitment to creators has helped us develop a core competitive advantage in the marketplace. We are able to offer our trusted network of talent to advertisers struggling to navigate the world of influencers and creators. Our platform also allows creators to build a sustainable monetization engine with access to our massive audiences and best-in-class tools and resources. We have made great strides in growing our network of creators, which further strengthens our content flywheel with higher quality content that reaches a wider audience across more platforms and helps us capture deeper data and insights. BuzzFeed has always lived at the intersection of technology and creativity, and recent developments in artificial intelligence represent an opportunity to take this convergence to the next level. As the creative process becomes increasingly AI-enabled, we are continually looking to maximize the creativity of our writers, creators, and producers. We view AI as an exciting new creativity tool, one that humans can harness to open up new avenues for imagination, storytelling, and engagement, and explore new premium product offerings that will appeal to our clients and partners on the new frontier of media. 
And our work in this area is off to a good start. In 2023, you'll see AI-powered content move from an R&D stage to part of our core business, enhancing the quiz experience, informing our brainstorming, and personalizing and curating our content for our audience. I cannot be more excited for us to explore these transformative new frontiers in digital media. As creator-led and AI-powered content creation continue to gain audience share, BuzzFeed Inc. is well-positioned to both influence and benefit from these trends. We hope you will join us at our virtual Investor Day on May 11th, where we will have more time to fully communicate what we are working on. Thank you. Now I'll hand the call over to Marcella. Thank you, Jonah, and good afternoon, everyone. I will recap our Q4 performance, including some of the actions we have taken to address the ongoing challenges as we are facing. I also want to share with you the early stages we are driving through our focus on creator-led and technology-enabled content creation. We deliver Q4 results in line with the high end of our November guidance range for both top and bottom line. Q4 also marked the one-year anniversary of the complex networks acquisition. We made great progress with the integration in some areas, executing against our restructuring plans to realize the cost efficiencies of our broader scale as a combined company. However, as Jonah discussed, the fourth quarter revenue trends reflect some of the operational challenges that we are facing as well. Advertising and content revenue both declined year-over-year in the fourth quarter, as further softening in the digital ad market more than offset the incremental revenue from complex. Additionally, while each of our brands individually continues to resonate with clients in the marketplace, we have more work to do to fully realize the revenue benefits of the combined brand portfolio. The steps we took to combine the BuzzFeed and complex sales team created operational challenges in bringing the combined portfolio to the market, which has negatively impacted our revenue performance, particularly in the fourth quarter, alongside seasonally high revenues. As clients tightened budgets amid the broader market downturn, we struggled to bundle the brands and cross-sell new products. These lingering challenges are contributing to Q1 revenue expectations that lag the broader U.S. digital advertising market in terms of year-over-year growth. To address this, as part of our broader reorganization in December, we made changes to the sales team structure to better leverage industry knowledge and drive increased focus by vertical. We also roll out new training resources to allow the sales team to fully ramp up on new products and brands. We are also evaluating opportunities to drive improved sales execution against the combined brand portfolio. In doing so, we look forward to bringing a more robust go-to-market strategy to our clients and partners that expands our portfolio of iconic and category-leading brands. And as Jonah alluded to, we also have some new initiatives underway, and we expect to share more on how these initiatives will contribute to overall revenue at our Investor Day in May. Turning to cost, we also took critical steps last year to ensure that we can continue investing in our long-term growth while preserving cash. 
the restructuring plans we announced in December have been fully executed, reducing our workforce by approximately 12%. This follows the consolidation of our New York real estate footprint, a voluntary reduction in workforce at BuzzFeed News, and the consolidation of complex and BuzzFeed administrative teams. These 2022 actions all contributed significant cost savings. Moving forward, we also have an opportunity to drive margin improvement by further optimizing our product mix and cost structure. Even in a tight market, our value proposition is clearly and consistently resonated in the marketplace. We offer advertisers the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality content from trusted brands at internet scale. Our portfolio of premium IP shows and content attracted some of the biggest advertisers, from Lexus to Intel to Disney, looking to enter the cultural zeitgeist. Moving forward, we believe we have an opportunity to further amplify our value proposition through our, our work in creator-led and technology-enabled content creation. Before I wrap up, I want to share some of the early progress we have made in these new areas. Our work to build a premier creator platform is aimed at rapidly expanding our output of high-quality, brand-safe, creator-led content. The Tasty team, in particular, has made great strides in this area. Tasty is the world's largest food community on the Internet, with tens of millions of followers across Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. In 2022, Tasty made incredible progress in driving creator-led audience growth and executing creator-driven campaigns on behalf of our clients. The newly launched Tasty Residency Program drove incredible results for creators who grew their audiences by more than 40% across TikTok and Instagram through this program. The Tasty team also helped clients tap into the power of our creators to reach young audiences with innovative and resonant cross-platform and marketing campaigns. In Q4, Tasty executed an original vertical video recipe series on behalf of Snyder's of Hanover to drive usage of the client's core pretzel products during the holiday season. The combination of content formats spoke directly to our massive millennial and Gen Z audiences, resulting in significant increases in brand awareness, brand preference, message association, and recipe intent for our client far exceeding CPG industry benchmarks. As we continue to grow our creator network and ramp production of short-form vertical video, we expect to scale creator-led advertising and branded content solutions like this for our clients. We see opportunities to harness new technologies like artificial intelligence to enhance the audience experience and open up new avenues for monetization. Our creative and technology teams have already begun to leverage AI to develop new content formats. Last month, BuzzFeed introduced Infinity Quizzes to its community. 
but Basti's quizzes have defined internet culture since 2013, and this past year, our quizzes saw over 1 billion views from around the world. The integration of generative AI and the launch of Infinity Quizzes marked the biggest change to the format in a decade. Although it is still early, we are excited about the potential for this new format. The launch included an original quiz sponsored by Scott's Miracle Grow that uses AI to identify your plant soulmate. Our new AI quizzes have been met with a strong response from the community, delivering higher engagement and time spent relative to our traditional quiz format. We look forward to leveraging AI to bring more innovative, brand-safe partnership opportunities like these to our clients. Infinity Quizzes are the first step in a larger effort to pioneer new forms of AI-powered creativity that delight and empower our writers, creators, and audience, and open up new advertising opportunities for our clients. As Jonah discussed, it takes time to ramp monetization of newer content formats, but we believe we are driving the right strategic focus in order to position the business for long-term growth. We could not be more excited about our work around creators and AI and look forward to sharing much more with you, including how we are extending our business model to these new areas at our Virtual Investor Day on Thursday, May 11, 2023. Thank you, everyone. And now I will pass it on to Felicia, who will take you through the financial results and outlook. Thank you, Marcella. We delivered fourth quarter results in line with the high end of our guidance range for both revenue and adjusted EBITDA. On a year-over-year -year basis, overall revenues for Q4 2022 declined 8%, to $134.6 million as further softening in the digital ad environment more than offset incremental revenues from the complex acquisition. As a reminder, December marked the one-year anniversary of the acquisition of Complex Networks. As a result, year-over-year -year comparisons reflect approximately one month of Complex Networks results in Q4 2021. Performance by business is as follows. Advertising revenues declined 27% year-over-year to $50.5 million, which was primarily the result of ongoing price compression on our owned and operated properties, driven by the broader macro environment, as well as sustained declines in time spent on Facebook. Content revenues declined 9% year-over-year to $54.8 million, as the incremental revenues from Complex were more than offset by a weak digital advertising market and the operational challenges that Jonah and Marcella discussed earlier. Commerce and other revenues grew 76% to $29.3 million, benefiting primarily from our live shopping and experiential event, ComplexCon, in November. This revenue performance resulted in adjusted EBITDA of $17.6 million in the quarter. We also incurred charges that did not impact adjusted EBITDA, including a non-cash goodwill impairment charge of $102.3 million, triggered by the decline in our stock price during the month of December. A full reconciliation of our gap-to-non-gap measures can be found in today's press release, available on our Investor Relations website. We ended the quarter with cash and cash equivalents of approximately $56 million. 
Turning to audience engagement and time spent, we continue to gain momentum in the quarter, generating billions of views of our short-form content in Q4 and tripling viewership year over year. This gives us further confidence that we are driving the right strategic focus to position the business for long-term growth and monetization. In terms of U.S. time spent across the business, as reported by Comcore, we delivered year-over-year growth in time spent on our owned and operated properties for the third consecutive quarter. Overall time spent, however, declined 27% year-over-year to 135 million hours in the fourth quarter, driven by ongoing declines in Facebook traffic amid increased competition for audience time. Turning to our outlook for the first quarter of 2023, Beginning in Q1 2023, year-over-year comparisons will fully reflect the complex network acquisition in both years. Overall, quarter-to-date trends continue to point to a challenging operating environment in Q1, as the headwinds we have faced over the past year on reported time spent and monetization of newer formats persist. In line with typical advertising seasonality, we once again expect Q1 to be our smallest quarter in terms of revenue. On a full-year basis, we expect the 2023 quarterly revenue profile to resemble 2021. We expect Q1 year-over-year trends in advertising revenues to carry over from Q4 2022. We expect year-over-year trends in content revenues to decelerate further relative to Q4 2022, as the macro environment continues to put pressure on the demand for branded content, and as we anniversary the acquisition of complex networks. Additionally, as Marcella discussed, we are evaluating opportunities to improve overall sales execution against the combined brand portfolio, although we have not assumed any revenue benefits from these changes in Q1. We expect commerce and other revenues to grow modestly year-over-year in Q1. In terms of adjusted EBITDA, we have historically generated losses in Q1. Although we expect to offset some of these losses with savings from our previously executed restructuring events and real estate consolidation, we do expect Q1 adjusted EBITDA losses to widen year over year as a result of this difficult macroeconomic environment and operational challenges. On an annualized basis, we expect the combination of our restructuring and real estate actions to drive significant cost savings. As of March 10, 2023, the majority of the company's cash and cash equivalent balances were held at Silicon Valley Bank. However, in a joint statement released by the U.S. Department of the Treasury, the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the U.S. government reassured that all depositors will be fully protected. The company is accessing its funds and does not currently anticipate any disruption to its ongoing operations. With that, I will turn to our financial outlook. For Q1 2023, we expect overall revenues in the range of 61 to 67 million, or 27 to 33% lower than the year-ago quarter. We expect this revenue decline in conjunction with the fully executed cost savings discussed earlier to result in adjusted EBITDA losses in the range of 18 to 25 million. In 2022, multiple steps to adjust our cost structure in order to align with the weaker macro and digital advertising market backdrop. We continue to evaluate opportunities to drive efficiency across our business in order to preserve cash, improve execution and therefore results, and continue investing behind our long-term growth opportunities. We look forward to sharing much more with you at our Investor Day on Thursday, May 11th. Thank you, 
And I'll now turn the call over to the operator so we can take your questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw from the question queue, please press star then two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Today's first question comes from John Blackledge with TD Cohen. Please go ahead. Uh, great, thanks. A uh, couple questions. Um, I, I think you, you maybe just flushed it out a little bit, but on the, on the 1Q23 top line guide, how should we think about the revenue trends at the, at the three segments uh, as we roll up to the total revenue guide? And then the second question on Gen AI, um, you know, uh, when should we start to see the usage of the Gen AI technology rolled out at scale? Um, and across which products? I, th I think you mentioned you started using it with the, the quiz content, um, but is it going to be used on any other uh, content creation? And then it, um, a, a similar area, is BuzzFeed partnering with companies like OpenAI, or, or do you guys have internal technologies that you're using, or is it a mix of both? Any kind of color there would be helpful. Thank you. So as it relates to Q1 2023 revenue and each of these segments, we are seeing a continuation of the Q4 pressure, especially as we would anticipate a higher level of activity from clients in the back half of 2022 as they lost budgets for the start of 2023. Um, certain verticals such as CPG retail and tech telco have also been impacted by the market softness, compounded by the challenges from the integration of the sales team. So as I had mentioned, as it relates to advertising, we do expect trends in Q1 to align with Q4. Um, as I noted, we, we have shown three quarters of consecutive improvement on OGED operated time spent, and that is the majority of our advertising revenue. However, we are faced with certain price compressions, as you can see from the Q, Q4 results. We do anticipate content to decelerate uh, year over year, as that has been most impacted uh, by the complex integration, with complex being majority content and branded content being most impacted by the macro environment. And with commerce, we do anticipate a similar trends in Q1 as we've seen outside, especially as we lap the Facebook declines in referred traffic on our, our organic affiliate business. And I, I mentioned commerce in Q4 had a one-time event in November with the addition of Complexcom. Yeah, and on the um, – hey, John. So on the generative AI front, um, we um, have a tremendous amount of energy within the company building new products and new systems on top of, of, of generative AI. Um, it's obviously very relevant to, to the type of business we are um, and has – um, a lot of potential to enhance the creativity of our team and allow us to create things that wouldn't have been possible. Um, we see it similar, uh, something similar to um, what social media was, you know, a decade plus ago, which is a, a major new platform that we'll be able to build on for, for a lot of years to, to come. Um, we started with, with quizzes, the um, infinity quizzes that Marcella mentioned um, in her remarks, where um, we upgraded the BuzzFeed quiz from being able to have maybe 12 possible results when you take a quiz to an infinite number of personalized results. And we've seen, um, you know, very strong um, 
time spent um, and very strong user signal that they, people really love these, these new products. Um, we also, um, uh, just yesterday at South by Southwest, um, uh, shared a new product that is a chatbot game where you try to be an influencer and a, and a chatbot um, is, is giving you feedback on, on your ideas about how you're going to build your influencer career and telling you how many followers and how much money you're, you're making in this simulated influencer game. Um, and again, we've had very strong and positive uh, feedback from that, both from the audience and people uh, playing online. Um, we are, um, you asked whether, how, how we're building these things. Um, we are, we definitely, we, we have a partnership with OpenAI and a great, great relationship with, with, with OpenAI um, and, and are using their APIs. We also are building some of our own systems. We're, we're not building our own large models, which is a expensive and very different kind of, of activity. Um, but we are using all of the data science and technology investments we've made over the years to, to um, have differentiated ways of plugging into the, these, these models. Um, and so it allows us, for, for example, to use existing categorization of our content, existing metrics like popularity of our content and other things like that to um, make better prompts, um, and then also to create tools in our CMS for um, our writers to create content using these AI-powered um, tools. Um, and that, I think, is the biggest thing you'll see in the, in the coming weeks and months, so on a very short time horizon. Um, the first quizzes we did, infinity quizzes we did, were, were um, I guess the way to put it is more handmade, where we had to, the tech team and the product team had to essentially put them together and collaborate with the editorial team to make the first you know, six or seven of them. Um, but now we have that technology um, built into our CMS so that every writer at the company and, and then in the future potentially um, community members will be able to use our CMS to generate AI-powered content and quizzes. So the scalability is really just starting now where, where um, instead of making a few as proof of concept or, or little tests, we're going to have it be part of a, the normal course of business where any of our creative team will be able to use these tools to make content. And I think that's when you'll really see more of an explosion of, of interesting um, user engagement when, when we have that test and learn that we've been so good at over the years, um, allowing our, our writers to try lots of different ideas and, and experiment with lots of different formats using these, these models. Um, and that's all um, really as we speak uh, rolling out. Um, and we, we, I think, just last week published our first quiz that was generated in the, with the CMS tool and not and not um, you know, put together um, as, as a more, more of an R&D project. So um, that, will be, um, that will be ramping um, pretty quickly. Thank you. Thank, great caller. The next question comes from Jason Cryer with Craig Hallam. Please go ahead. Thank you, guys. I uh, just want to start out on the short-form content. I know we've got uh, the, the first platforms now rolling out, you know, monetization plans there. So as that rolled out over the course of Q1, just curious if there are any meaningful takeaways from that and, and, and if that makes you maybe feel more optimistic about your prospects there of leaning into short-form and, and being able to kind of fill in that, that monetization gap. Yeah, uh, th thanks, Jason. Uh, great, great question. Um, it's obviously something that all the, the platforms are very focused on. Um, you know, as I said, I think on a previous call, 
the platform's um, mostly ramped up short-form vertical video because of the threat of TikTok, and we're more focused about audience share. Um, and now they have all pivoted to really care about revenue, including TikTok. Um, YouTube was the first to operationalize shorts and announce that they were providing monetization. The monetization works a bit differently. So instead of a share of pre-roll, it's a share of the ads that appear between the, the vertical videos um, because the monetization obviously is more, ch more challenging to put a pre-roll ad on such a short, short videos. Uh, and um, the rev share is, is um, something that, you know, the platforms are used to generate more incentive for sustainable content um, production. So it, it's happening as we expected it to happen, and the YouTube announcement was very um, validating of our thesis that the platforms were going to start to share revenue like they've done with other forms of, of, of video. Um, so that, that, that is encouraging. The, the other piece is that our creator initiatives, and we're seeing a real inflection with our creator programs and creator revenue outpacing other revenues, uh, it, it plays well with vertical video because um, one way of creating revenue through vertical video is to have creators make vertical video on behalf of brands, and, and that's something that we've seen a lot of, a lot of success with, and, and we're... Um, you know, the, the sales team is getting, you know, more versed in selling those kinds of deals that are creators plus, plus vertical video. Um, and so expanding our creator network and platform is, is, is another way that we um, are attacking the monetization of vertical video. Um, and then I think newer initiatives like AI have real potential in part because, you know, AI video is still um, a little um, earlier than, than text and images, but it will it will really ramp in short form before it ramps in longer form video. And we're um, with um, particularly things like our animated characters and things like that, um, being able to use AI to, to automate that and, and improve and streamline the process of making that kind of content will also help. And our, our Bob's franchise on YouTube Shorts is one of the you know, star performers for vertical video for us. And so that um, being able to apply AI to our to our characters is another area where we think there's exciting opportunities. Thanks, Jonah. And, and then just the longer-term role of, of AI for, for BuzzFeed. I mean, it certainly seems like there would be some long-term cost benefits, but just curious if you can lay out what the other benefits are that you see. Yeah, I, I think one of the benefits that, that, that I feel most strongly about is that AI is, is is really enabling almost a new medium for content creation. Um, so the, the infinity quizzes are a nice example of this. It used to be a writer would, would write a few questions. They would define the logic for how the questions would result in a, in, you know, produce a result. Then they would write maybe, you know, eight or 12 different results that the user might get. Um, now a writer still writes the questions, but then they write a prompt and that prompt defines how the answer should be generated from the user input and then creates an infinite number of possible personalized outputs. Um, and when you look at content personalization, I think historically content personalization has happened um, at the level of curation, where the feed you look at on an Instagram or Facebook or, or any of the, uh, or TikTok certainly, the, the feed of content is algorithmically organized for you, but the content itself is not personalized. And I think this AI, uh, generative AI is enabling the possibility of making more personalized 
um, content it's the, where the content itself can be more, more personalized. And so having a large library of content, having lots of knowledge about um, the frames and, and, and uh, types of topics that audiences are interested in um, is, is you know, going to, and then also having trusted brands that, that our audience um, you know, trust and respect to, to create, create great content, coupled with uh, AI-powered personalization and um, um, AI-powered content generation is going to be uh, an exciting frontier to make really differentiated content that is um, more engaging to audiences and, and more, more personalized. There also um, will be some opportunities for more efficiency and for producing content in, in ways that is, is, that is, that is more efficient. Um, and I think that there's a lot of focus on that um, from the sort of broader narratives about, about, about AI. Um, but I think um, if, you, if you listen to, for example, Sam Altman at OpenAI talking about the things that are working best, it's things that are only possible with AI and things that are, are creating new experiences and new forms of interaction that AI enables, um, not just doing what you already do a little bit more efficiently. Thank you, Jonah. The next question comes from Brent Navin with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for uh, taking the question. Um, just circling back to your 1Q guidance and the broader macro, um, you know, it just seems like the news just by the day, uh, you know, the market's just rapidly changing. And I'm just curious if, you know, even the news of the past few days with Silicon Valley Bank is, you know, having any disruptive impact on your advertising business or, you know, any verticals in particular worth calling out. I'm just curious if, if you've seen anything so far. Thanks, Brett, for the question. You sounded uh, super light, but I think I, I got it. Um, I mean, so far with the events that have occurred in the last 72 hours with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, we have not yet seen any impact you know, in our operations or from uh, our customers. So far, business continu continues to be um, as usual. Uh, what we have seen in, in Q1, that yes, you know, we have projected guidance uh, with a, a decline year over year. Um, it's a result of, uh, of the trends that we saw starting in Q4 and continue to materialize uh, in, in Q1. Um, there is an impact related to macro, and there is also an impact related to some operational challenges that we have had. Um, and we took some steps to, you know, further uh, create um, a structure that aligns a lot more with what the market requires, aligning industry uh, knowledge and, and driving the, the focus on, on, the, on the verticals from, from an advertising perspective. Okay, so I mean, did you guys at least in your guidance build in any potential cushion if things were, you know, something like a shock like we saw to the market would slow things down further, or is it just sort of a continue of trends? In in, in looking at the historical guides as well in the current guide, it's based on our um, estimates as they stand today and everything that we are aware of um, in the moment that we think um, and have seen impact our overall revenue profile. Got it. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I, I, I don't see the Silicon Valley the, the Silicon Valley Bank situation definitely impacted our weekend, but I don't think it will um, have 
a big impact on our business. Okay. Um, well, that's, I guess that's good to hear, at least on the advertising side, then, that uh, things won't get, you know, potentially worse. Um, and then just on the, on you know, the cost savings, you know, obviously you guys have, you know, announced, you know, several efforts there. I mean, is there, do you guys see any more opportunities for you on the cost, you know, reduction side, you know, if need be, or, or are you sort of, do you think that you're, you're, okay with what you've done so far? Do you think there's more to potentially that could be there to improve profitability to, as well? Um, yes, I mean, the restructuring that we performed at the end of uh, 2022 was dictated by, you know, the, how the market played out and our operational needs. Uh, but of course, you know, we cannot control the pace at which the market is going to, to shift. And BuzzFeed has historically been, been adaptable uh, to change, both from an industry perspective, from a macro perspective, have been operating a business, you know, for more than 15 years, and, and we are committed and to continue to focus on uh, execution. Uh, moving forward, we do see opportunities to drive gross margin improvements over the course of uh, 2023 by further optimizing our product mix, mix and, um, and cost structures. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to CEO Jonah Peretti for closing remarks. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, we look forward to speaking with many of you in the coming work, uh, weeks. Uh, and stay tuned for more information on our upcoming Virtual Investor Day on Thursday, May 11th. Thanks. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.